Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best of new inventory with great warranties. Think about that. You know, what the warranty does as you go through the first until you get to the mileage, until you get to the years. Great pre-owned inventory at the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it all up at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Caleb, do we have a play-by-play call of the day today? I didn't know. I don't think so. Then I vote no. Let's see. Uh, I can fill a little bit. Maybe I can find one here. Because, I mean, we'd hate to not have a play-by-play call today and make Catrillo think his value to the show is so off the charts. I mean, we don't want to do that now, do we? He's already got enough swagger to begin with. Come on. Let's see. Let's go, let's go here. Let's go here. And I'm going to tell you about also an interesting story um, about USC media uh, where a reporter, you know, they'll give limited opportunities. In fact, the Penn State media will have its limited opportunity today to see a little bit of practice and then talk with uh, James Franklin about uh, you know where the team is in this particular week following the practice tonight, then you'll get a chance to talk with him coming up on, um, or at least hear from him tomorrow night on the coaches show from six oh five to seven. Um, and that's what uh, but evidently one of the reporters overheard a conversation between two of the players and reported it, and that supposedly is against uh, uh, policy of covering. And they have suspended that reporter from covering the team, either at a practice or games for the next two weeks, which includes, by the way, the USC-Colorado game in Boulder next weekend. It's not this weekend, but it's next weekend. This weekend, Colorado's playing at Oregon. All right, so our play-by-play call of the day, as we all know, as the season has progressed, Aaron Boone has been thrown out of several games and has had problems with umpires. So last night, in a 7-1 loss to Toronto... This exchange took place. And he says he's conscious of it. He said, but... Did you say something? I hope not. Oh, Bill Miller hopes somebody didn't say something. <laughs> <laughs> look at that look. 
haven't heard that tone since I said something <laughs> bad to my, to my dad one day at the dinner table. Michael K., David Cohn, with the call on the uh, Yes Network. Uh, let's face it. Have we all heard that from our parents at some point? Did I hear something? I hope not. <laughs> no, I didn't say a word. Dad didn't say a word. Mom didn't say a word. Aaron Boone then shaking his head in the back. I'm like, oh, what the heck's going on here? Okay. Reporter from the Southern California News Group suspended from covering USC football for two weeks because allegedly violating the school's media guidelines. Um, Orange County Register and SCNG reporter Luca Evans had his access to the team suspended after head coach Lincoln Riley apparently took issue with a story Evans published last week about freshman running back Quentin Joyner. Evans evidently detailed a harmless conversation between Joyner and fellow freshman Braylon Shelby. The conversation, which occurred in front of reporters, but before the media availability, was about how they were nervous to speak with journalists, something they had not done much of so far in their careers. Evans even talked to Joyner's father on the phone later, and his dad thought the conversation was funny and spot on. Yet... USC claims that Evans violated its policy that prohibits reporting on anything outside of media availability, in other words, something official, at the practice facility. Even though the conversation Evans detailed happened right next to the USC practice field media backdrop. It also didn't reveal any insider or private information, but added color to the story and showed the players' personalities. They said, this is a huge overreaction to what the USC program perceived to be a policy violation, Orange County Register Senior Editor Todd Harmonson said. We clearly disagree and fully stand behind Luca. They wrote a letter, along with the sports editor Tom Moore, to USC, and USC said, quote, as an institution, USC prides itself on treating the media as a respected partner and key constituent. We understand the responsibility of reporters is to fairly and objectively cover stories, news events, and their respective beats. As you know, our media policies exist to protect our student-athletes and promote a culture of trust that is critical to building successful programs. After careful consideration and in alignment with the sentiment, USC supports the football program's decision regarding Lucas' two-week suspension. We recognize this may be disappointing, but we hope that you can understand the need to enforce our media policies as we strive to create a positive and comfortable environment for our players and coaches. Riley was asked about the decision yesterday. He declined to elaborate. We felt it was far enough that we needed to act on it. The article in question was not accurate but nobody knows what it means. Evans posted a statement on social media, said he would continue to cover the program as best as he possibly could. He says, as the Orange County Register has reported, USC has suspended my access to football practice for two weeks. I will be continuing to cover the program as best I possibly can and have some exciting stories in the works. I appreciate the support from the members of the media and am determined to continue to tell engaging stories that capture these athletes as people. It's not the first time this has happened with Lincoln Riley. They briefly suspended uh, the L.A. 
Daily News reporter in 2012 when the team had Lane Kiffin as their coach. The reporter reported an injury. At Oklahoma in 2021, Lincoln Riley canceled his media availability after student journalists reported on developments within the quarterback situation while watching practice from the school's on-campus journalism building, which is across the street. So in other words, they were not at practice, but they could observe what was going on. By the way, USC will play Arizona State on Saturday. They do have rules. Now, how this violated the rule, I'd have to be standing there to know. But I guess because it wasn't a formal Q&A, it was just two guys off to the side from the formal Q&A, I guess it was out of bounds. Okay. I know that there been, some people give media access to practice, some don't. Penn State, under James Franklin, has been. Um, it's usually for two to three periods on a Wednesday. And then they get to talk to James, an assistant coach, and I think a player afterward but that's when practice is over and you do have to wait around for it because they usually let in in some of the early periods and they have to wait till the practice is over to then get the access interesting um It sounds like he can cover the games, but he can't go to football practice. So he would be, at least reading this, it sounds like he'd be allowed to cover the Arizona State game and cover the Colorado game. But he won't be allowed to practice for Colorado. You know, before the Colorado game. Very interesting. Um, as to uh, what they do, I mean, it. Uh, one thing about, for example, there's certain rules with Penn State's media policy. They are not allowed to shoot wide shots on the practice field. Um, have a couple people violated that? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's been mentioned to them. But, and then when it comes time to leave, you have to leave. And then you can ask questions afterward. And I mean, James is forthcoming anyway. And the whiteout is Saturday night. Today, a quarterback club, everybody was wearing white. And then, 
James came over today and he was wearing a sweatsuit and it was all black. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> he says, I didn't get the memo. But everybody's like, I looked over. I said, hey, this is the guy that's one that's coached the last three whiteout wins in a row. Michigan, Auburn, and and, Mer- and uh, Minnesota. <laughs> uh, Anthony McFarland, Deontay Johnson put on injured reserve by the Steelers. Not good. They're already short on offensive power plays to begin with. Um, Kirk Ferentz was joking yesterday about a recruiting slate 50 years ago that kept him from going to Penn State. He said, I ran like a five-flat number as a linebacker. He says, I don't understand why they didn't want me. Ended up going to UConn. And as I mentioned on the show yesterday, uh, the starting quarterback my junior year in high school on our team, Joe Dippel, ended up going to UConn where he was a teammate of Kirk Ferentz's. In the category of small world. But there you are. That is um, that's the story. I mean, you do know that he's already said that Jazzy and Patterson, the running back, Caleb Johnson, the running back, and Luke Lachey, the tight end, are out of the game. Lachey is, you knew right away watching the game. <laughs> Like it, you, he's out for the year, which is a shame because he is a really good player. And I feel that's one of those where I feel badly when anybody gets hurt, but especially for example, I know his dad, Jim Lachey, who for years played with Washington. He's the uh, color analyst for the Ohio State Network with Paul Keels, and Jim's one of the great guys out. So it's one of those where this is his son, so I, I feel particularly bad about it um, because it's Jim's son. And it was having a really good year, by the way. He led Iowa in receiving with 10 receptions going in, uh, actually coming out of that game with Western Michigan. And But I felt bad because it's Jim's son. And then Gary Dolphin's coming in this weekend, and he brings with him Ed Podolak. And, of course, Ed Podolak played the same time that Jack did. When you see Jack and Ed Podolak before a game talking back and forth, Gary and I get a big kick out of that. And Gary and I, we've had that two-day golf outing with the Big Ten announcers out in, uh, in Bloomington in May. And Gary had hosted it the last two years. Gary had hosted it in 21 and 22, and, I, and man, you talk about going all out. Gary's one of the great guys out there. And so, and I was I was in Gary's group on day one, and he's a, and I'll tell you right now, Gary's 71. He pounds a golf ball. He pounds that thing out there. So, yeah. Take a break. We will come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
right. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, KR. It's 11 and 15, almost wharf online. Sunburymotors.com. I know with Matt out today, my wife had a baby, and like we're bagging the show. I mean, what's going on here? I mean, I get concerned about these things. Uh, but Lisa uh, had the baby this morning. John Paul, they're doing well. Um, uh, so far, so good. By the way, I said that he spit up on an eagle shirt. Actually, he did spit up, but I guess it wasn't on an eagle shirt. But as far as I'm concerned, it would have been a better story if he had. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, and... I know you miss his rants today. I know you miss the rants. Um, the um, that's really uh, the essence of what Matt does is the rants. Those moments where he gets really upset, and then I sit there and go. Uh, hold on a second. Now, sometimes I agree with them, but the moment, hold on one second here. It's all right. Okay. Uh, people have been asking a lot about the weather. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I am a meteorologist, although my map does have 48 states. <laughs> a little concerned about some of them out there where you look over and go, does your map have... Uh, your map has 47 states. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> of course, the running joke that Jack, Cam, and I have is Jack's the one that does the weather in the pregame show. And so, so the running joke is none of us are allowed to mention weather in the pregame until he actually reads it. It's just a joke among us. We have a good time with it. <laughs> so I'm... Like the current forecast calls for 65 on Saturday, and that's about where it is. That with at the moment, a 25 percent chance of precipitation during the day and a 39 percent chance of rain overnight. Okay. Yeah, so what, there's a tropical storm or something like that brewing someplace. But, again, I, I don't want to violate the Jack Ham weather forecast. But I thought I'd at least mention people have talked about it during the week. Got mentioned to me today going into quarterback low. I said, that's <laughs> why I got. I have to do a ballot for uh, all Big Ten basketball media. The preseason one, the, the postseason one. Yeah, you, know, you, you sit there, you put together a body of work. Preseason one is just to give people something to talk about. Okay, well, you know. You, you do it because that's all part of the balloting process. But yeah, you end up you end up doing it because it's all 
part, you know, in order to vote postseason, you have to vote preseason. Okay. Cool. Uh, scores today. Uh, top of the eighth inning, the Phillies already lead the Braves 4-2. to two. But good news there. Um, Reds lead the Twins 3-1, bottom of the seventh. Orioles have jumped out to a one nothing lead on the Astros in the bottom of the first. Nationals are all over the White Sox, 9-1, bottom of the fourth. Top of the second in Arlington, the Red Sox lead the Rangers 4-0. Royals lead the Guardians 3-0, top of the second. This, of course, for some teams will be getaway day. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf online, sunburymotors.com, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Phillies lead the Braves four to two. That game is in the uh, bottom half of the eighth inning. Big day for Nick Castellanos. He's hit two home runs in the game. He's driven in three. So that gives him 27 homers and 99 driven in. Alec Bone is also driven in a run in this game with a two-out RBI. Aaron Nola, opening six innings, gave up six hits, two runs, both earned, struck out. I did not walk a batter. It's the kind of performance you want to see out of him at this point. Through 94 pitches, 68 were strikes. Jose Alvarado is now on in relief, and uh, there's some far throwing a scoreless seventh inning against the Braves down in Atlanta. So that's where they are right now. Okay. 4-2 Phillies, bottom half of the eighth inning. Adam Duvall's hit a three-run homer. Bobby Dahlbeck's homered 4-0 Red Sox, bottom of the second. The Reds lead it over the Twins, and the Reds are right in the thick of the wild card race. 3-1 Reds as they play the Bottom of the seventh in Cincinnati. Uh, Will uh, Benson, big uh, triple in that game. And Christian Encarnacion Strand hit his ninth home run. And they've got their ace on the mound today, Hunter Green. Man, does he throw hard. He's only 24 years old. He throws hard. He's gone seven innings so far. Three hits, one run. Struck out 14, walked one. See, that's what you're looking for out of Hunter Green. He's thrown 92 pitches so far in the game. Uh, Nationals are all over the White Sox, 10-1. That game is in the top half of the fifth inning. And Lane Thomas is homered. Dominic Smith is homered. Hopefully he went around the bases faster. (laughs) After the incident with Mike Clevenger the other night. And... uh, so far, they've uh, got 10 runs on nine hits. And the 
Thomas home run, by the way. Lane Thomas's home run was a grand slam. Uh, Orioles. Exciting, fun team to watch. I mean, really, terrific team to watch. One nothing over Houston. Um, Anthony Santander has knocked in his 85th run. What happened was Adley Rutschman was able to get a double, and then he scored on the Santander uh, base hit. And uh, Kyle Brandish is out there on the mound for the Orioles. One, one nothing over the Astros. And let's see. Game that means nothing to anybody except the two cities. Guardians lead the excuse me, the Royals lead the Guardians three nothing in that game. And the Royals were able to get a three run homer from Nelson Velasquez. That's why they're up three nothing at this point. Everybody else is later. Mariners A's play at three thirty seven. Giants D backs play at three forty. Rockies, Padres at 410, then everything else is under the lights. Uh, So when you look at baseball, we're coming down the stretch. And in this stretch run, the Phillies are obviously in a spot where they're going to get the postseason play. But they're not going to win the division. Atlanta's already wrapped that up. So this is where everything stands right now in the majors. Orioles are in. Tampa Bay is in. The Orioles lead the division by two and a half. The Twins are on their way to getting in. But they're going to have to do this without... Carlos Correa, we'll talk about that in a moment. The Twins are up eight games on Cleveland. The Twins are the only team in the division over 500. Houston leads Texas by a half game and the Mariners by a half game. So here's the wild card in the American League. Tampa Bay's the leader, and they're, as we mentioned, they're in. So the last two spots are available. Toronto is a game up on Texas and Seattle. Texas and Seattle are tied. That's it. So two of those three, Toronto, Texas, Seattle, two of the three are going to make it. In the National League, the Phillies are three games up in the wild card. Arizona's a half game back. The Cubs have the third spot right now. The Marlins are a half game back. The Reds are one back. The Giants are three back. As we hit the stretch run. So the Phillies are in the best spot as the wild card leader. There are three games better right now than the Diamond. Excuse me, the two and a half games better than the Diamondbacks right now. But Arizona has the second spot right now. Phillies are three games up on the Cubs. Cubs have the last wild card spot right now, but only a half game better than the Marlins. Only one game better than the Reds, who are winning over the Twins right now, 3-1. And the Giants are three back, the only other team over 500 in the National League. 
So Correa for the Twins, like I said, they're in. But Correa was placed on the 10-day injured list today, plantar fasciitis. And they also are worried about third baseman Royce Lewis. It should be pointed out the timing of it. The Twins lead the American League Central, as we mentioned, by eight games. So their first postseason game, in all likelihood, would be October 3rd. And at that point, Correa would be off the IL list. Now, he's now he's, he's only hitting 230, but this is a guy that's, that's come up big in postseason before. He knows what it's like to... to play in big games, he has a championship ring. You can't put a price on somebody's experience that understands how level-headed you needed to be. You need to be in postseason play. And Shohei Otani did have successful UCL surgery. Now the question is going to be, what happens to him? Nick Saban was asked about, everybody is asking about Deion Sanders. But remember, Nick Saban is in the Aflac commercials with Deion Sanders. And Sanders, in an interview with 60 Minutes on Sunday night, had nothing but great things to say about Saban, saying that you know, he tries to absorb as much knowledge as possible. So Saban was asked about it because Saban's name was brought up on 60 Minutes, and he was asked about it today. So I have a tremendous amount of respect for Deion Sanders. First great person, done a great job of marketing the program and creating national interest. But I see their team playing well in the field. They play with discipline. They do a good job of executing. They've been able to score points, play decent on defense. I think, I think that's a fair assessment. So all those things to me are indicators that he's a really good coach. Sanders, by the way, did go 27-6 and at Jackson State. And he coached high school as the offensive coordinator at Trinity Christian in Cedar Hill, Texas, and he was a part of the coaching staff at the annual Under Armour All-Star Game, which I, how many times have you heard me now in the past couple of weeks reference that All-Star Game because LeVar Arrington was involved, and LeVar talked to me extensively about that over the last couple of times I've seen him. Sanders said on 60 Minutes, I love and I adore and I respect, and every time I do a commercial with Coach Saban, it's a gift. Just sitting in his presence and hearing him and throwing something else out there so I can hear his viewpoint on it, because he's forgotten more things than I may ever accomplish. So I'm a student looking up to this wonderful teacher saying, just throw me a crumb of what you know. Hey. Then there's the story about Buddy Tevens. What a shame this is. Buddy Tevens, the coach at Dartmouth, passed away, 66 years old. Uh, he's Dartmouth's all-time winningest coach. He has more wins than the legendary Bob Blackman had up there. Went 117, 101, and 2, won five Ivy League titles. 
what happened to him, and I think I think you may recall the story when I bring it up to you again. He was struck by a truck while riding his bicycle in Florida. He sustained spinal cord injuries, and his right leg had to be amputated. So Stevens moved to Boston over the summer to continue rehab from the accident. And uh, they had to tell the team after practice last night about him passing away. Now, this was an innovator. Buddy Tevens, and we, and again, this is also something we brought up on the show, so this, so for those who are, who are listening all the time, over the 12 years we've done this, have heard me talk about this before. He was the first coach to eliminate full contact pra- practices. He, he is the one that was able to convince somebody to get a robot for practice. He went to the Dartmouth Engineering School and got them to create a mobile virtual player. That's a robot that's a tackling device that a lot of people are now using in the NFL and colleges. In other words, it's running around wheels, whatever, you control it, and you have to go tackle it. Instead of then tackling a live person and taking them to the ground, you're tackling the robot. And there are a lot of people that are giving him credit for making the game safer for doing that. Stevens first became a coach at Maine. The Black Bears of Maine in 1986. And then he went to Stanford, and then he went to Tulane. Stevens played quarterback, or Bob Blackman, at Dartmouth. He was the Ivy League Player of the Year as a quarterback in 78. Big Green won the Ivy League. And believe it or not, Stevens also played hockey. But he passed away at the age of 66. It just sounded so... When the when the accident was reported back in the spring, you're like, yikes. How awful is that? Now back to... I know there's a lot of talk about Deion Sanders, but this has to do with the death threats on Henry Blackburn, Colorado State defensive back. He is the one that took several steps when Travis Hunter was out of bounds and and hit him, and now Hunter's out three weeks. Now, he was whistled for a personal foul, but it's, it's essentially his targeting should have been thrown out. But what's happened since is that you have the ignorant of the world. And I'm using that word deliberately. The ignorant of the world sending him death threats. It's a game. Now, maybe you had money in the game, but that's your issue. It's a game. Things happen in a game. And yet, this young man is getting death threats.
Really? Over a game? You're getting death threats. Is he 22, 23 years old? He's a senior. I know that. So they had to ask Deion Sanders about that yesterday. He said, quote, Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game. He made a tremendous hit on Travis on the sideline. You could call it dirty. You could call it. He was just playing the game of football. But whatever it was, it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats. That this is still a young man trying to make it in life. A guy that's trying to live his dream and hopefully graduate with honors or a degree. Committed to excellence and go to the NFL. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. They asked Travis Hunter about it on his YouTube show. He says, look, it's football at the end of the day. That stuff happens. Sanders said, at the end of the day, this is a game. Someone must win, someone must lose. Everybody continues their life the next day. Says, I don't mind getting death threats, Sanders says. I get them every week. But a kid, it's not good. It's not good that Deion Sanders gets death threats. Come on. And he's not the only coach in the country that gets them. Right? But it's a game. I know it's personal. You want your team to win. I got it. But it's not worth doing something like that. Why does somebody send somebody else a death threat? Why? It makes no sense. And I'm sure some of this stuff happens in the moment. You're just mad. You're angry. You boom. You you pound whatever the message out happens to be. You hit send. And I tell my class all the time, I said, don't get into Twitter fights. I said, don't cross lines. He said, as you take a moment, take a de- deep breath, read what you wrote. And do what you can to resist hitting send. But death threats for a 22, 23-year-old kid? Come. Death threats for Deion Sanders? Come. And believe me, every coach in college football has received death threats. They all have. I'm baffled by it. I'm baffled. That behavior baffles me. I understand loyalty to school. I understand the intensity of the passion that you have for the school or the team you're rooting for. I understand completely the passion. I understand the anger of not wanting. I understand the anger of somebody getting hurt. But there's a line. You can't cross the line. You don't threaten somebody's el- somebody else's life. Even if it's even if it's quote a benign comment. I wasn't gonna do anything about it. Well then why send it? Don't just don't do that. And I also realize there's more emotion for some people now because they're putting more money on games these days. So it becomes more personal. 
I understand it, but you can't cross a line. You don't send anybody a death threat. Come on. Anybody. I don't care if it's Henry Blackburn, the safety for Colorado State, or Deion Sanders, the head coach of Colorado. He says, I, I get it. He shouldn't be getting any. For what? Why should any coach get a death threat? Why? No person should get a death threat. Just, I, I can't tolerate the ignorance. It makes no sense to me. None. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. We'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Kind of let the bumper music play out a little longer on that. Just like the beat of it. All right. So there we are. We are here on a Wednesday. They'll practice this afternoon, a little earlier on practice. That's what, you know, Tuesday starts a little later than Wednesday does. And then <laughs> Thursday, tomorrow, do their walkthrough. James will be on the show tomorrow night. 6.05 to 7. He'll be on about 6.30 tomorrow. And Fast Friday, Jack and I will go over to... Jack will be there tomorrow night as well. And Jack and I will go over for Fast Friday and after this show's over with. And then it's whiteout day. It really is... Uh, and I talked about this yesterday... We always had done the the pregame show outside the Jordan Center, and of course, then Jack and I would walk over. So when you, you know, people say, "What do you do after the uh, talk show's over with on Thursday?" That's when James and I record the pregame show. Well, the pregame show covers the walk <laughs> for us walking over. That's what it covers. And but we'd walk and we'd be outside, outside, get to the elevator, go up, and then of course we get to the booth, and boom, you see the entire stadium. But now we're outside the tunnel at Beaver Stadium. And on Curtin Road. So we walk into the tunnel, go past the locker room on the right, and then all the way down through, and then we make a left, and then we start working our way underneath the stadium to get to the elevator and then up. And when we saw West Virginia... It was a helmet stripe, so 90% of the stadium was in white. And just before Jack and I made the left turn to then move our way toward the press box, we were standing in the tunnel looking out at the north end zone, all in white. And I looked over at Jack and I said, no wonder they get every recruit that comes in. They see something like this. It is Unbelievable. Nothing matches it. I don't care if it's pro or college. Nothing matches that. And everybody's tried all sorts of different color combinations. I've got it. You're trying to create the same deal using your school's colors. I love it. That's great. But the whiteout is the original. 
The whiteout is the best. And you want to know why it's the best? Easy. You. All of you. Your passion and commitment to the program and to it. Really special. show has been brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.